0: Do you find it difficult to come up with content ideas for your podcast, or perhaps you've gotten stuck during an interview with a guest where you just have nothing to ask anymore? Try Poddex today. Poddex is the best all-in-one podcast idea generation tool. You get everything from episode ideas to interesting conversation starters for interviews, engaging discussions for your live streams, and even social media content ideas. With this tool, you don't have to spend weeks trying to come up with content for an episode or unique questions for your guests. Just shuffle the cards and pick one at random, hit the record button, and get started. Now you can make better content, have more fun while you're at it, and get your viral moment, all with Poddex. Head over to poddex.com and use code C4C. This is day 13 of the Content Creators of Color. My name is Kat Corchado, the host of the Sisters in Service podcast. And my guest today is Pamela R. Crane. She's going to talk about her yoga therapy. She's going to talk about her podcast. Who is her yoga therapy for and why and all of the things. And so I'd like to... Welcome, Miss Pamela R. Crane. Hi. Oh, thank you so much.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. Well, we're so good. We're so glad that we're
0: so good. <laughs> we're so glad to have you here today. So the one thing that that shot out to me, well, first of all, I met Pamela on Clubhouse and she reached out to me and she told me she was a military spouse. And that she did something called yoga therapy. So let's talk about the military a little bit. Did you have any affiliation with the military prior to meeting your husband?
1: You know, my military affiliation was very limited. I had uncles who fought in World War II and Vietnam War, but I wasn't as connected to it. I really didn't understand what military life was like. I, didn't, I wasn't on the day to day with them. And so I really didn't have that big of an understanding of what being a military family member meant because I wasn't directly affected by it in those ways until I met my husband and became a military spouse.
0: So was it culture shock for you?
1: You know, I don't think it was too much culture shock for me Just because we married, I was already older. I had already raised my child. She was living in, well, she was going to college when we met. But then when we got married, you know, she was living in Spain and graduating from college and then moving to Spain. So for me, I wouldn't say it was so much culture shock because I didn't have to worry about taking my child here and there. And... I'm a little ADHD. And so for me, the idea of moving somewhere new every two or three years sounded fun. Like, (laughs) and, And it has been. I mean, for me, for the first three duty stations since we got married eight and a half years ago, we were at those places for two years. And so every two years, we were moving. And then we've been here in San Diego for two and a half. We have another year and a half to go. So for me, I love it. I love the idea of exploring a new place, finding all the ways to get places, all your local haunts and things like that. And I love the idea of just traveling two to three hours in any direction from where I live and finding something new. Yeah. I really think being a military spouse, your mindset is everything. And of course, I work in that realm. So of course, I'm going to say that, but but it is. So our first duty station was 29 Palms. And anyone who's in the Marines knows that a lot of people don't want to go to 29 Palms. So they say, let me stop it uh, for
0: just a second. Tell our audience where 29 Palms is located. Okay.
1: Yeah, so our first duty station was in 29 Palms, and that is in literally in the Mojave Desert it oh, nice. is it's right it's right outside of Joshua Tree National Park but it has a reputation for not being a desirable duty station a lot of people don't want to go there they hate it there and they go in already hating it because of what they've heard for me i loved it there i loved that i could go hiking in Joshua Tree National Park this international tourist destination. I love that our day-to-day life was easy and quiet, but yet we were an hour from Palm Springs, two to three hours from San Diego, LA, Las Vegas. And so it is a lot about the mindset of rather than thinking of what I don't like about the duty station, what do I like about it? Absolutely. When we went to Virginia, I don't like cold weather. And so that part of it was pretty not fun for me. My body didn't like it. I didn't feel good, but I could appreciate that on my way to work in D.C., I was driving by these monuments that, uh, you know, monuments of our history. And I tried really hard not to take for granted that I got to just go into a Smithsonian in between yoga classes that I was teaching at the Department of Health and Human Services and one of the Senate buildings and appreciate the fact that all of these things were at my disposal, all of these resources were there instead of focusing on the fact that, oh, my gosh, I'm freezing and my bones hurt.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> and so the mindset really does make a big difference. And I think that's why I've been able to adapt so well, because I do try to find what am I grateful for? about this duty station in this place, instead of, oh, what do I hate about it? Because you could get bogged down in that, and then you can pull other people down with you. Right. And
0: then so... you're miserable for real.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and you make everyone around you miserable and you yes. make your spouse miserable, who's serving and doing what sometimes can be a very stressful job. And so I do look at my job as a military spouse as being a support for him, yes. that doesn't mean that I have to give up my identity. It doesn't mean I have to, you know, self-flagellate or, or, you know, like just put my own needs aside. Exactly. But we do have control over how we ask for our needs or how we adjust our needs depending on where we are.
0: Absolutely. I grew up as a military brat and I thought it was, that's just what you did. (laughs) I <laughs> you know, just thought that's what everybody that's does. That's what everybody does. You know, we yeah. got to go to different countries and see things. And, and I remember somebody was saying to me, they're like, oh, you poor thing. You've had to pick up and move. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's been great. I would not change it one bit because yeah. we got to see things and go to places that most kids only get to dream about or read about or see on TV. So I would yeah. definitely not change that at all. So how was it as a military spouse getting into the military spouse community? Was that easy? Was that hard? Was it either or it was neither because you had your own life, you were doing the yoga therapy and it wasn't that big of a deal? Tell us, tell our audience a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, that has been duty station dependent as well. Actually, the first place, 20 on Palms, it was really easy for me. I started volunteering with his unit, with the, um, the FRO, the, uh, what does FRO stand for? I forgot, the something resource, uh, Family Readiness Officer, and I made a lot of friends with the spouses who also were volunteering. Some of them became my yoga clients and students, and I built my own identity around that and as the support for my husband who he was an officer, or he is an officer. So just being able to be in that community. Then the next two duty stations I we were at, I didn't really have that opportunity. And I did find it really difficult to make friends. and I, And it did feel very lonely. And actually, this third duty station is the same way. And because he was at Miramar for two years, and now he's working with the Navy, of all things, at... Point Loma. So I don't have that military spouse community that I had that first duty station. And I miss that. And it it is lonely. And you can feel kind of like you're on an island. Yes. And I'm older than my husband. So my contemporaries in rank are generally a lot younger than me.
0: And And that's a barrier, too. Or it be. be.
1: It can be. It can be. It it definitely can be, although my husband, he always talks about how I have such a young spirit and young energy. And so I think I fit in because of that, but I don't have young kids. And a lot of my contemporaries in rank Mm. have young kids. So planning the nights out is a little different for us because Mm -hmm. it's not like we can just say, hey, let's go for happy hour with other couples because they have kids. Because they have kids. Yeah. And so, yeah. And my daughter was grown when we met. Or when we met, she was a teenager mm-hmm. and, you know, going to college. And so, yeah, it, it was definitely, I have a different experience than a lot of people, mm-hmm. which can be lonely. But then, like you said, I have these other interests. I'm a certified yoga therapist. So I have other certified yoga therapist friends, yoga right. teacher friends, a big network and community. In that way, so and I keep in touch with my friends from home.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, it sounds similar because I was a single parent in the military, and when the people my age were like, oh, let's go out for Friday night, I was cooking dinner and staying home with my son. All right, let's move on about your yoga therapy, okay? Let's talk about that a little bit. So tell our audience what yoga therapy is and what's the difference between yoga therapy and yoga Oh, I love talking about this.
1: There's such a misconception in our country about what yoga is. And I kind of make this joke that yoga therapy is what yoga is supposed to be. And in the West, we've taken yoga and we think it's an exercise class. We think (laughs) it's all about the postures and getting on your mat for an hour, an hour and a half in a studio or a gym with a teacher telling you what to do. But yoga is so much more than that. And that's not to say that yoga classes are a bad thing. A $5 yoga class in a gym saved my life. Yes, there's value in that. And it's a yes and. I'm all about yes and. (laughs) And yoga therapy and, and how it's been crafted and put together is that idea that we take all of the tools of yoga and apply them to an individual or a group with kind of the same issues or, or sufferings, if you will, and make it tailored to what's going on with them. So if you come to me for yoga therapy, we're going to do an intake and assessment. You fill out a form, just like the doctor's office. And then we go through and look at, Oh, how are we, how are we suffering physically? emotionally, mentally, spiritually. And what kind of plan can we put together using all these tools from yoga that's going to help you ease your suffering? And it's client-centered. So it's based on what you find beneficial and useful. And these tools of yoga, the postures, yeah, they're important. They're useful too. But the meditation, the mantras, the mudras, the philosophical principles where we sit down and we go okay let's look at ahimsa which is compassion and kindness am i being harmful to myself am i saying harmful words to myself self-study why do i feel this way we do a lot of interoception where we sit with something and we think close your eyes think about this thing that's bothering you where do you feel it in your body How does it show up in your body? Are you feeling sensations of pain, tightness, tingling? Are you feeling warmth, heat? Is there a color associated with that? And then we take these tools and address those issues. So I work with people on confidence. A lot of people who are struggling with confidence, they may have a sense of not feeling safe in their surroundings, in their life, emotionally, physically. And that may show up in the belly, in the low, low gut. You know, that's the root chakra. Someone who has been silenced or quieted, a lot of people in the BIPOC community, a lot of people in the LGBTQ community, that's throat chakra. And yes. we can do things to open that up to serve that population. And so when you think about all of these different tools, But then you apply them to the specific thing that's going on. So in yoga therapy, we don't cure disease. Mm -mm. We help you ease the suffering. We change your relationship with pain using all of these different tools.
0: So it sounds like that it's not a one size fits all.
1: Oh, no. So you you actually,
0: well, (laughs) the only reason I say that is because people think Pilates is like that too. Cause I'm a mm-hmm. Pilates instructor and they think, Oh, well, I took Pilates at the, you know, and, and then I do something that's totally different because it fits their body. Right. And they're shocked. They're like, you know, because we're taught to look at the body. So take us back. You said something that sparked my interest. You said a $5 yoga class saved your life. Can you take us back to that time? Yeah. And give us a little information yeah. about if you're willing to.
1: Yeah. No, I love to talk about this because So I suffered from fibromyalgia, anxiety, and depression all through, really all through my life. And it was crippling. There were days that I just, I was like, I just don't know how I'm going to get out of bed today. A lot of days, predominantly my days were that. And I was in so much suffering. Didn't know why I hurt. Finally got a diagnosis of fibromyalgia back when it was really hard to get because a lot of doctors didn't think it was anything. And I started practicing yoga at this $5 class in a gym with a we- very well-trained teacher and then another very well-trained teacher. And I just started noticing over time, and it didn't happen overnight, yoga is not a pill that's gonna you're going to take for a week and get right. better. But over time, I started noticing. Wow, I'm having a good day today. Oh, I'm having more good days than bad days. I think it's the yoga, y'all. It's. I think. It, I think there's something <laughs> hey. to this. I think it's the yoga, and what I came to realize for myself, and so this is something like a, I'm not saying a blanket thing, and we don't diagnose or. Claim for me, I'm convinced that my fibromyalgia was caused from my anxiety, my crippling anxiety, and the fact that my body was in fight or flight constantly. And that our muscles can't handle that. Our muscles can't take being in that state of fight or flight, cortisol running through our body, our sympathetic nervous system (laughs) on load 24 (laughs) 7. So I noticed that there was a correlation between the yoga, my lowered pain and my lowered anxiety. And I noticed that that was a correlation. Now there are a lot of studies using yoga to address anxiety, persistent pain, I like to call it persistent pain instead of chronic pain. Cause persistent means it's, it, I don't know. It's just a mind mindset kind of thing, syntax, but there are a lot of studies that show this benefit of addressing our sympathetic nervous system. And when we do that through the certain breath work, through visualization, certain meditations that can put us in a space of calm, then we know that, okay, there's a benefit for this. The catch is It's not one size fits all. If you have someone who's in the throes of an anxiety attack and you say, take a deep breath and relax, that might be the worst thing you could say to them. (laughs) And that is the thing that most people say to someone when they see them having anxiety, especially if they don't know why they're having it. If it's, if it's anxiety, that is something didn't just happen. Someone just goes into an anxiety attack. People say, oh, just breathe and relax. And that might just be more triggering. And so that's the key to yoga therapy is having someone you can trust to hold space for you to ask you, what does your body need right now? Maybe your body needs some jumping jacks.
0: Right. I mean, imagine, okay. I keep imagining saying something, saying something like that to someone who is suffering from PTSD. Oh, just take a breath. You might get punched. Okay. <laughs> right. You might get punched. Um, I yeah. want to ask what kind of client, what kind of ailments do your clients come in with that you have helped reduce? So what's the right word? The suffering. My, the suffering. Yes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I've worked predominantly with people with autoimmune diseases, chronic pain, fibromyalgia. And I work with people on fears and mindset and confidence. And so those are really my areas of genius, so to speak. And because I've lived all of those things, I have a master of science degree in yoga therapy. So I have the training and the access to the tools, but I've also lived those things. So I know, I know what it feels like to feel anxious for no reason. I know what it feels like to have your mind that's so scattered you can't focus on a task because you're like, bam, 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 there's, you're this, there's the that, place, there's right. this. You're all over the place. I know what it feels like to have imposter syndrome. I was the baby of my family. I was labeled the dumb one. I know what it feels like to have fear be so crippling that I don't do all the things that I want to do. For me, those are the people that I attract. That's what comes to me because those are the things that I have gone Mm -hmm. through. And I think for anyone who's struggling to find out where they fit in the world, look at your past, look at what you've been through, look at jobs you've had, look at what you've done and see how can I make a difference in the world in this realm? And you just, you never know what's Mm going
0: to come your way. That makes sense. Um, So for all the listeners, you know, she is, certified in every way, shape, and form with an <laughs> MS in, in yoga therapy. But she's also presented stress management seminars at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, the U.S. Department of Education, and the U.S. Postal Service headquarters, just to name a few. Yeah. That's that's Those are some good stats right there. That's like, oh she's up there, you know, <laughs> like floating, you know. <laughs> Yeah.
1: And if I can, I would love to talk about that because one of the things that I think people think, it, 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 yeah, if I had a dollar for every time someone said, oh, I tried yoga and it wasn't for me because they went to a hard class when they couldn't touch their toes, they couldn't do any of the postures and they left defeated. Right. And when I started doing those seminars and the yoga for stress management and things like that, it was amazing the responses I got. But what people don't understand is those were offered in a boardroom for employees to come in their work clothes. They're not wearing $100 linen pants. Lemon. I know. You know, I mean not that there's anything wrong with that, Right. but, but
0: you can't they, really it's hard to stretch in like regular clothes. So you have to find stuff that actually works well with what they're but
1: wearing. But if you're doing that, but what we were doing sitting at a boardroom table meditating and breathing and noticing and just sitting and noticing
0: paying attention what's coming up for me yeah yeah
1: what's coming up for me I had a rough morning what's coming up where do I feel that in my body and what can I do about it what does my body want right now and you can do that in your high heels and suit you can do that in your power suit that's the beauty of yoga that it's not just this class in a gym. It's sitting at the boardroom table. It's sitting in chairs in a, a big hall with a bunch of other people, just closing your eyes, tuning into the body, breathing and hearing a guided meditation. It's putting your hands in a certain way to change the energy of your body. You've heard that we have all these nerve endings in our fingers. yes, And when we do certain things with them, it can change. We can open up our lungs by putting our thumb in the palm of our hand and curling our fingers around. So I loved doing that and presenting in that way. But I also loved teaching at the Hart Senate building to these stressed out <laughs> Senate aides and, and staffers. And we did a pretty strenuous yoga asana class. And asana is the postures mm-hmm. for anyone who might not know. So there's room for all of it. I think that's what I'm trying to say is there's yeah. room for sitting still. And there's room for that movement to get out those stresses of the day to, to get mm-hmm. out that they have a very stressful job. Yes. So yeah, there's there's room for all
0: of it. I think that the yoga is the true mind and body. But mm-hmm. people forget the mind part and they focus on the body part. Mm-hmm. So let's change course just a little bit. Um, sure. Tell us a little bit about your podcast. The name of your podcast. How long you've been uh, been a host, and what kind of guests are you looking for on your podcast?
1: Oh, thank you so much. It's called the Yoga Pro Podcast. And of course, m- <laughs> of, course. of course, it is. My mission with the podcast. Was to be a support for other yoga professionals, whether they're yoga teachers or yoga therapists. Because I feel like people who do this, first of all, we don't realize we're going to have to be entrepreneurs when we go into this. We just have these gifts and it changed our life and we want to change other people's lives. We're very, I would say, Pollyanna, I guess. We
0: don't know all of the things that we have. I don't think anybody knows, (laughs) you know, you're like, I just really want to do this. And all of a sudden you're in business and you know nothing about business. That was me. I'm raising my hand.
1: Same, same, same. And there's a really good book called The E-Myth by Michael Gerber. If you are an entrepreneur and you're struggling because you're a really good practitioner, you're really good at what you do, but you can't figure out the business side of it, read that book. It's a really good book. So, But yeah, I started the podcast because I really wanted to support other teachers, other therapists, and elevate the profession. Yoga kind of sometimes can get a bad rap. So in our conversations, I talk to other yoga therapists who specialize in certain things, people who specialize in yoga for diabetes or building relationships. That's the one that I just posted ahead of Valentine's Day and so it's just important for me to have these conversations. Sometimes I bring on business people to share tips and tricks about marketing, what how to build group programs, how to do things like that so that it's not just always only yoga content. Sometimes it's yeah, this here's something for building your business because that yeah. is a big part of it that we don't get training on our yoga teacher trainings don't really address those issues
0: no and I, I think that's a good idea too because even you know in podcasting and learning all the stuff that I had to learn and people say oh yeah well just just do a reel on Instagram and I'm like okay I'm one <laughs> of those show me how to do it S- step one step two step three once I've done it I'm okay don't say, oh, just do a reel. And I'm like, I, I haven't done a reel yet. I haven't done uh, one yet. I'm just, I'm, I don't know. Now, now it's a thing. I think it's a thing now. I'm making it a thing. <laughs> I want to do it now. I
1: can help you with that. <laughs> I actually help people with that. Uh, yeah, the reels, the, the reels are fun. I enjoy doing them. And, and I enjoy the podcast. And mm. it's, it's been a really big source of joy for me. Especially in the pandemic. I started the podcast in October of twenty. In October of twenty. And I just put up my sixty-fourth episode. And I think one of the great things for me is building relationships. I get to meet a new yoga professional or heart-centered business person. The Mm -hmm. business people I interview are also people who practice yoga or, you know, these heart-centered modalities. Right. And I get to meet a new person every week. And I love having conversations obviously you can tell i don't have trouble talking (laughs) i love having conversations and getting to know people and what they do and i love having the opportunity to elevate other
0: people so let's turn the corner we're Mm -hmm. gonna i'm gonna ask you some thoughtful questions we're in the middle of the no we're not in the middle they just started so we're in the winter olympics if your podcast was were an olympic event what event would it be
1: yoga on ice. <laughs> I
0: love figure skating. <laughs> well, <laughs> so I don't know. No, I think yours would be like, yeah. like downhill skiing. I think yours would be because it's more, it's more linear, but it, oh. it moves kind of side to side a little bit. Cause you have to change with the, you know, with the different clients. Oh, That's what I, I, I would see. be thinking. I see. I think I didn't understand the question.
1: Yeah. I like, I like downhill skiing, the whole going mm-hmm. with the flow. Cause that, that is one of the things that we learn in yoga is mm-hmm. non-grasping or releasing attachments. So yeah. Yeah. I'm, I could see oh, the I did downhill. Good. Scheme.
0: You did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. All right. If you could pick anyone to play you in the biography of your life and they can't say no, who would you choose and why? I've been told in the course, cause I used to be an actress
1: and, Oh, many talents uh, the last play that I did was on Golden Pond, and it was in October of 19, right before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been told in my acting career that I resemble two people. One of them is Lee Remick, which a lot of your listeners may not know. <laughs> if they're
0: no, I can see that. Okay, yeah, you, y'all I, can't see it. I can see it. <laughs>
1: yeah, Lee Remick and... I was considerably thinner at the time. And someone said that they thought I looked like Nicole Kidman. So I think if it has to be someone alive, I would probably pick Nicole Kidman. Although I think Reese Witherspoon is more my personality. Mm. I think she's a little kind of quirky and goofy sometimes. So yeah, I'm going to change. I'm going to pick Reese Witherspoon because I think she's more like my personality.
0: Okay. Okay. If you could have dinner with anyone, who would it be and why? Okay,
1: I've been asked this before, and I couldn't narrow it down to one. So I'm going (laughs) to (laughs) cheat. Oh, here we go, folks. She's going to do two. (laughs) I'm going to take liberties. (laughs) No, I'll, I'll only do two. I would love to sit down to dinner with one of my ancestors. I've been working through a lot of intergenerational trauma, and I would really enjoy hearing the backstory. I would love the secrets. I would love to know why this is present and why why we keep suffering. I would love to be able to be the person to stop it. The second would be Oprah Winfrey, because I mean she's Oprah Winfrey. She's and Oprah. I don't think she's I don't <laughs> I just don't think there's a better interviewer in this world than her. I would love to just learn from her because she always asks the most intriguing questions, and she never makes it about her, even though she has gone through so much. Mm.
0: Okay. So if you could witness any event from the past, what event would it be?
1: If I could witness any event from the past, you mean like in person? Yeah. Like or... if you
0: could just be there watching it happen. Man, these are these <laughs> are tough questions. <laughs> Any event from the
1: past? What would it be? I mean, I guess I would like to see the creation of the Earth. Oh, and the universe—that's a
0: big deal, right there. I
1: mean, I w- how how did we get here, and why are we here, and did did <laughs> was there a a purpose? Like, it, I
0: got know? questions.
1: I got questions. <laughs> yeah, why? I I would yeah, I would definitely want to know like how it all started because there's so much debate right gotcha yeah I, w- I would like to be there for the creation
0: all right do you have a superpower what is your superpower Ooh, i've got a bunch of superpowers <laughs>
1: <My> superpower. <laughs> of um yeah i think my superpower one of one of my big ones is empathy and compassion being able to see both sides of almost everything and almost to my detriment because I don't seem to fit in anywhere (laughs) because I can empathize and have compassion for someone, even if I vehemently disagree with them. And I think, Oh, why do you think that? Mm -hmm. But I can still have compassion Because I know that there's an underlying fear that's probably driving that or or an underlying trauma that they've suffered that has caused them to have this stance that maybe I don't agree with Mm -hmm. and certainly can't get on board with, but I can still feel compassion for them around what they may
0: have suffered to cause them to feel or say or do whatever. So we're going to move into our third segment which is called this or that. You ready? I'm ready. Hot flashes <laughs> or night sweats? Hot flashes. Winning the lottery or finding your soulmate? Soulmate. Are you a person who tests the water you or do you dive right into the deep end? Oh, I I tend to dive, I think. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: so- it depends on if it's actual water. <laughs> No,
0: you know those no, people that... No, I still... I'm a. I'm a dive-in. You're a dive-in? Yeah. Okay. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, there are those people that, you know, I'm a... I want to learn all I need to learn to get in the water before I get in the water. That's me. But, mm, you know. Yeah. Yeah, because then I get in the deep end and then I'm like, help. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> zombies or vampires? Oh, vampires. Bad breath or body odor? Body odor. Guacamole or salsa? Guacamole. Instagram famous or infomercial famous? Oh, probably infomercial. I've been a spokesperson, so yeah. Roller coasters or water slides? Water slides. Books or movies? I'm see books. Rich and famous or rich and unknown? Rich and unknown. Ooh. No, no. <laughs> I, I think
1: actually, I I would say. Famous and
0: well-respected. <laughs> okay, that's I don't need not the rich on the on either list, Pamela. One of them. <laughs> that's not on the list. Come cheater. on, play the game. <laughs> okay, sorry. Okay, so I'll go with rich and famous. Okay. Visual learner or verbal learner? Visual. Introvert or extrovert? I'm an extrovert who needs my downtime. Poor and happy or rich and miserable? Poor and happy. <laughs> bad haircut or bad dye job? I think bad haircut. It'll grow out faster than the mm-hmm. bad guy job. And last question: a store where every item is free, or a restaurant where every dish is calorie free?
1: I'm gonna go with the store because I like
0: to. You get like things. to shop.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like
0: to shop. <laughs> I like to eat too, but I, like I to know. Shop. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for playing. Um, of course. it's been such a pleasure having you on today. So tell our audience where they can find you, where they can find your podcast, you know, if someone needs to reach out.
1: Yeah, you can find me at com, and if you want to be a guest, reach out and let me know and you can also find me on Instagram at interoceptive performance. I know it was a bad choice. <laughs> it's hard to remember interoceptive performance. And I think if you search Pamela crane on Instagram, it'll just pop up find me. I have a blue turquoise blue background and a pink shirt and I have my hands are in a prayer and I love it. If you DM me on Instagram, let me know if you have any questions for me and go to my link tree. There's some freebies and there's some cool stuff there too. So yeah,
0: love to hear from you. Well, Pamela, thank you so much for being a part of this and and helping me out and just being being you. You know, this has been fabulous. And to my audience, my sisters in service, you know what I'm going to say. Please take care. Stay safe. And until next time, I'm Kat Corchado, and I am a content creator of color.